Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I'm Sam North, the trading school lead here in the UK, and I'm joined again by our market analyst out in Australia, Josh Gilbert. It's great to have you back, Josh. Thanks for joining. Yeah, hi, Sam. Thanks for having me back. Great to be here today. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too. Um, how is, uh, I feel like I'm in a privileged position to ask this question, considering we've got blue skies uh, outside right now. How is the weather? Yeah, I mean, uh, in Australia, it's it's getting a little bit colder in Sydney. I say colder, it's about 15 degrees. So, um, but no, it's still it's still sunny here. And I'm glad that things are looking a bit brighter back home in the UK for you as well, mate. Finally, things are looking up. The weather is uh, a lot better than it has been recently. The sun is shining and the Euros are just around the corner. Will you have uh, the opportunity to, to watch most of the games or too early? There'll be a few late nights for sure to be watching uh, the boys play um, in the white jerseys, but uh, certainly looking forward to that one. I'm getting a bit excited, I must say. But uh, yeah, a few late nights, a few early mornings for sure to, to watch uh, England bring it home, hopefully. <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon we can then? Do you reckon we, we've got it in the bag? Oh, we get to this point every year, don't we, Sam? We get excited by yeah. the team we've got. So hopefully it looks like a strong team this year. Hopefully the boys can put it together. But you know, I just like keep watching England play whatever. But yeah, hopefully this year might be a bit different, hey? Fingers crossed. It's been, uh, it's been a long, long time. But home tournament, 1966, we won it. 96 semi-final, so... Hopefully that that counts or something. Um, okay, cool. Well, let's let's crack on with the with the podcast. What is what's on the agenda today? What are we covering for our listeners? Yeah, a few things to watch this week. It's been an interesting couple of weeks as, as usual, but um, you know, inflation is, is still sort of that uh, that key word still in focus. There's more optimism, I think, after the holiday weekend. We had a, a bounce in the futures market before the open uh, yesterday, uh, obviously Tuesday, and then we ended the sessions a little bit lower. I sort of came off those highs. Um, so I think this week um, on Friday, we have the non-farm payroll report to watch. That's a key sort of note for investors to keep an eye on. This will be a, a strong catalyst for the market um, for the start of next week. Um, we obviously had a strong earnings report last night from Zoom. So I think we should touch on that as well as a big earnings report from Salesforce. Some key sort of tech names there to, to touch on. Uh, a few more earnings to watch for the rest of the week that I think would be pretty nice to to run over for the listeners and also um oil um has hit multi-year highs after opex last meeting um and of course it's always good to catch up on the latest ins and out of crypto so yeah a few things to cover today and a, and a busy week for for investors so yeah, lovely absolutely looking looking forward to it i feel like we we've got them covered uh so the first place i guess to to start really is salesforce as they like you said had their results out last friday Pretty good by all accounts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a huge report from Salesforce um, beating analyst expectations. And they actually set a Q1 uh, record for their revenues uh, in the process. So what we're sort of really seeing from Salesforce is that as vaccines roll out across the globe, you know, the US are vaccinating half their population. Um, enterprise spending is increasing. And I think just in general, we are seeing that sort of 
spend increase across the globe you know consumer spending enterprise spending it's all increasing and we're seeing that because of that economic upcycle we're in uh, a report actually came out last week from salesforce australia and in that they said that they at the moment just can't hire quickly enough uh, the demand uh, for their services at the moment is is so high um, they as i say just can't hire quickly enough and i imagine this is the same across the board obviously not just here in australia so the reason i think i'm talking about this earnings report from Salesforce in particular is when looking at Salesforce as a business on what they can offer, I still think they're undervalued. Its share prices jumped only about 28% in the last 12 months. Whereas if we look at some of the broader indexes, such as the Dow, which is up 35%, and the S&P, which is kind of about 38% in the same sort of time frame, when you sort of compare that tech sector, Salesforce is sort of really underperforming there. Um, even though over that time, their earnings have continued to exceed expectations every single month. So it's sort of really sitting on the sideline. And I wonder how long it will take for investors to sort of really look at Salesforce and realize that it is still you know, an undervalued there because I think it has a lot of potential. Um, Obviously, last December, we had the deal for Slack, um, which was obviously big news. That's expected to fully close in July with Salesforce actually already raising four-year guidance uh, on the back of the sort of Slack takeover there. So I think they've got huge growth potential there. Obviously, mentioning Slack, I think if the deal doesn't close in the short term, it will continue to weigh heavy um, on Slack for as long as that sort of drags out. But yeah, Salesforce is definitely a one for investors to keep an eye on. Lots of positives moving forward. And as I say, limited price action for me against that sort of broader market and the general tech sector. Uh, it's one to keep on the watch list for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I was actually looking yesterday, I was doing a webinar for, for the trading school and just talking about some of the tech stocks. And they all look pretty similar in that they've just potentially found the bottom. And if they can, if we can navigate through this week, you mentioned non-farm payrolls on Friday and get through there, it, it may well be an opportunity for people that believe there is value for a few of these companies. Interesting there with, with Salesforce. And, and really now that, that sets us up nicely for, for DocuSign and Zoom. Uh, what's the story there? Yeah, so Zoom, again, a benefactor of the, the, the pandemic, if you like, and um, they reported overnight um, a blowout earnings report. So we've seen a, a few of them from, from Salesforce over the last year, some, some huge numbers sort of coming through. Um, but in this report, sales growth was up at 191% year over the year. So actually, it, you know, they're still continuing to grow, which is, is pretty key um, because being honest, me, um, in my opinion, I thought it would slow down. Um, I do still think that will be the case, but it's actually uh, managing to, to sort of keep uh, this uptrend going. Obviously, you know, as I say, it had an incredible growth last year. Um, and as I say, that focus is then whether that can be sort of sustained as we move back to our everyday lives. I think we've seen that working from home will continue to be relevant. It will still be a thing in the future. Um, and, you know, people feel more comfortable using Zoom as a way to connect rather than, you know, traveling hours for, for meetings. You know, people just find it much easier to, to connect, you know, particularly here in, you know, just Australia. And this goes for something like the US as well. But we have such a large land mass here um, to travel from one end of the country to the other. It's a five hour flight. So um, rather than doing that, I think companies are feeling that it's an easier way to connect. And rather than spending millions of dollars you know, flying execs around the world and across countries, 
uh, they can save money if it's it's on Zoom. And, and that's sort of a, a big thing to note there. And I think, as I say, that growth will slow down at some point. I think they even noted that in their in their report. I think that does go without saying, but I think they've put themselves in a position now where, you know, they can, they've got a bit of cash flow there now. They continue to expand and develop the business to ensure they stay relevant moving forward um, and continue to try and work with businesses to provide an offering that will, you know, basically make them um, unstoppable uh, and companies will just sort of be required to use them. And I think that's where then DocuSign sort of come in. Um, you know, I think they're in a similar boat. As I say, they're another benefactor of the, the pandemic. They will be reporting earnings on Thursday. Again, another company that's had some really strong uh, earnings reports, obviously on the back of the pickup in, in use for, for DocuSign. As I'm sort of speaking here, I'm thinking that, you know, sort of a merger between Zoom and DocuSign could be a great little um, idea here to try and combine the both. But I think they've stayed slightly more resilient than Zoom um, from the tech sell-off. They've only fallen about 24% off of its record high compared to Zoom coming off about, I think about 45%, just looking at the charts um, off its record high. So again, I think we expect to see growth slow down again, because we're probably not going to see the same amount of growth, um, of course, that we saw over the pandemic but i think that adoption of again e-signatures will continue to be big very similar to the same points that i mentioned there with zoom we are now seeing names like adobe um, obviously a huge name in the tech industry adopts things like e-signatures i saw an advert um, for adobe pushing e-signatures the other day so i think that DocuSign really has that upside to, to come. I still think there is a lot of potential, whereas many people thought that stocks like DocuSign and Zoom may sort of fall off a cliff as soon as the post-pandemic happened. Um, but I think eventually there will be competition for DocuSign, um, you know, sort of maybe some cheaper options come through, but overall they'll maintain that sort of position as the market leader um, overall. And as I say, I think it would be great to see something like, you know, Zoom and DocuSign or something come together and, um, you know, ways that, you know, we can have that sort of all one way um, sort of one rounded product that can allow people to, to sort of work from home. So yeah, um, two names that obviously were benefactors and, and DocuSign report on Thursday. So an interesting one for investors to watch. Yeah, definitely. And for those, listeners that are listening well on on thursday morning yeah one to, to certainly keep an eye out and uh, josh you just mentioned there about companies spending millions of dollars flying executives around the world we could have done with etoro australia flying you back uh, last when was it last thursday for the uh, the partner crystal palace partners cup which me and the the boys in london attended on behalf of etoro and scored a grand total of zero goals. It wasn't a great uh, day, unfortunately, for Ettore representing uh, the football team there. Um, moving on, hopefully, to well, to more positive news, especially for any oil bulls. Um, what is the what's the update there? Seems to be going pretty well for, for oil price. Yeah, I mean, look, particularly, you know, saying that oil is going well, if we had probably said that last year, we probably would have been laughing when we went yeah. to sort of negative prices at some point there. Um, but yeah, look, we've continued to see the rebound of oil since obviously, as I say, March last year as that demand sort of picks up again across the board. Um, I think crude oil last time I checked is sort of trading at about $68 a barrel. Um, so yeah, those multi-year highs that we're, we're sort of reaching, 
we're seeing energy ETF surge at the moment, obviously on the back of the, the commodity pickup with sort of general markets sort of selling off. Um, the uh, XLE is, is doing really well. I think that's about 35% year to date. Um, but yeah, sort of specifically on oil, OPEC have, have sort of forecasted that demand will continue to increase, um, particularly as summer comes through in, in Europe and the US with obviously travel like to be a big factor. Um, obviously, with it uh, getting a bit hotter over in the, the UK as well, there, Sam. You know, people are going to be getting back out, driving again. Um, obviously, with flights, probably not as likely to happen. I think you know, over in the US, we'll probably see more cars on the road and uh, things like that. Um, and of course, in Europe as well, we're likely to see that sort of travel um, happen again. I've already seen pictures of um, Portugal's airports absolutely crowded already. So we can expect to see the demand for for travel increases, uh, which is obviously then going to um, affect those oil prices so in terms of that the obviously the global economy is is forecasted to recall one of its most rapid expansions in as we know many decades which as i say will push that demand forward um and in that opec have announced that they will continue to sort of ease these supply restrictions that we are sort of seeing um, that were put in place last year. So I think demand for oil and other commodities is sort of mirroring the huge swings in that global economic act- activity that we're sort of seeing, um, especially over the pandemic where no one was really doing anything. And that's why oil went to such low lows. But as well as that, a weaker dollar is also having an impact on commodity prices at the moment. Um, it's making dollar priced commodities a little bit more attractive and it will be certain certainly interesting over the next few years as well thinking longer term here with oil as we continue to move towards that renewable energy aspect um you know i wasn't sure how aggressively we would see oil prices move with somebody like biden in charge in the us particularly with his green plans but of course we we can't sort of deny the short-term demand for oil at the moment and that's why we're sort of seeing this price action um so yeah it's it's definitely a good time for for oil traders looking at it um there's certainly the demand there and obviously we've recovered really really well over the last year so yeah, yeah, and and also a good point about the the weaker dollar. Uh, and I know on that you've got a few of those currency pairs, euro, pound, Aussie. I know for any currency traders will be well aware or just above where we're trading now. You've got the, those two thousand and eighteen double and triple tops, depending on the currencies. So do keep an eye on that. And then for oil, seventy dollars yeah, seems a, a stone's throw away. I mean, for me, looking at this chart on the longer time frame in and around sort of 76 77 is just such a big level i mean it's gonna be if we can get there the reaction there is gonna be so key i mean you're talking here the 2018 highs but before that where we broke down back in 2014 and i was actually trading oil here for the first sort of time and it was incredible just down day after down day when uh, that started to, to take place and then before there also at 76 77 was uh, support from 2012 uh, and 2011 so really key levels just above where we're trading can we get there time will tell another interesting week ahead next on our docket josh is crypto uh what's the what's the update there what do our listeners need to know about how's it all going after the the, the big corrections that we saw yeah, absolutely. Well, it's as we said, it's certainly been an interesting couple of weeks. We've had, you know, highs and lows across the way. But I think over the last week or so, that sort of volatility seems to have settled down slightly. I'm probably uh, speaking a bit too soon. I'll touch a bit of wood later to make sure we don't see that back. But yeah, it's slowed down slightly. I mean, um, you know, for the 
last seven days, Bitcoin's moved about 8%, Ethereum 6%. Just looking at the general sort of you know, top 20 market cap, things like that, the volatility has certainly slowed down from where we were. Um, but look, I mean, despite the sell-off that we had, it still remains the best performing asset year to date does crypto. Um, so I think there's no denying that. The As we said, I think the the sell-off was, was sort of inbound and we could have probably maybe expected it, although we probably no one could have predicted it was coming at the time it did um it was certainly you know getting to a point where we were seeing some some really high levels so uh, you know a correction was sort of at that point um we've seen some positivity recently i think as well elon musk has said he wants to sort of find more renewable ways to mine bitcoin on the back of him obviously saying that they're not going to accept it at tesla anymore um, I think that's uh, interesting because we do already have ways that this is possible as a, as a huge miner in um, Norway, I believe, that, that currently does it 100 percent renewable energy in mining Bitcoin. So there are ways to do that. I think maybe he's wanting to make himself the, the hero there. Um, but it does put a focus on um, those other assets that maybe don't need to be mined. Uh, proof of stake systems, Ethereum and Cardano. I think we touched on them um, the last time I was on quite a lot. But yeah, I, I, th- I still think really overall with crypto institutions are still sleeping. Um, you know, when we look at crypto, we're seeing obviously a huge retail um up uptick in in sort of crypto really there's retail are getting involved you know mums dads people are getting involved um so there's definitely that interest there but i think we still haven't seen the full adoption from institutions um and i think from a fundamental standpoint that will be huge when we continue to see that pick up from those institutions that's when we will see some you know price action uh, when you know major banks uh, you know are further talking about cbdc's or if we're seeing, you know, larger institutions continue to purchase assets. I just think there's a lot of adoption still left to come. Um, but as I say, uh, that's probably going to be a bit more longer term. But yeah, in the short term, I think maybe technical levels might be a bit more key. Sam, what are, what are those saying in the in the shorter term? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, Bitcoin has just been such a, a well-respected technical market over the last few weeks. I mean, it's, it's consolidating right now. It's getting squeezed from both directions i'm just having a look here for our viewers on on the daily chart i'll put this on my my twitter later on but it is getting squeezed it feels like it's coiling up either for a push up towards that 42 uh, 000 mark and then 46 or if it breaks back down again and you're looking at that 30 000 level which was so key before much like uh cardano much like ethereum it's similar price action in that we've had these big moves we recovered we failed to make new lows but we're just getting squeezed from both directions and it feels like there is a bigger move on the horizon but at the moment it's completely bang in the middle of the range so if i wasn't in a trade i would be waiting patiently and almost just letting the market tell me what's going to happen break higher and then look for that confirmation and continuations to the upside if it breaks the the bottom trend line that i can currently see then yeah maybe we do start to push lower get the confirmation Thirty thousand can come back in again an interesting time absolutely uh, and one that i'm going to be keeping a very close watch on um it's been a, a great podcast yet again josh i feel our listeners have gained great value there and, and guys that, that are listening thank you for for making it this far thanks for listening to the podcast you can learn more about the markets by visiting our etoro trading school we'll be back next week thanks a lot josh thanks for joining yeah thanks guys hope everyone has a great rest of the week 
You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com. <laughs>